Well, happy new year. Yeah, come on, let's, let's rejoice. You looking forward to it? That's always one of those things, isn't it? Some people say they hate a new year because they like the last one. And then there are those who are looking forward to the next year. I'll come on to that in just one moment. But yeah, it's wonderful. Good to see you out today. A few smiles, a few tired eyes. But, you know, we're here in the name of Jesus. And that's why we meet together. But, you know, our world has been, well, it's been chaotic lately, hasn't it? You know, we've, we've gone from a, a global pandemic um, to a growing awareness of uh, tensions and injustice and uh, divisive political opinions. And it feels like hope is far off. But Christians, we know that we have access to an unshakable hope. If I had a title for today, it would be unshakable hope. No matter what happens around us, we know that God is working in us, giving us the power and desire to do what pleases him, even when it's difficult or overwhelming. So what can we do? How can we respond when things feel out of control? Well, first, let's remember who God is. He's our Father, our ever-present help in times of trouble, our never-changing, almighty, powerful God, who isn't surprised by anything happening in the news or in the world or even on social media. In times of uncertainty and unrest, it's helpful to remember that this world is not my home, not, not our home. There's an old chorus, isn't it? This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. Yeah, anybody know that one? My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The Saviour beckons me from heaven's open door. And I shan't feel at home in this world anymore. Yeah, it's good. Right, good old one, that one, yeah. <laughs> but it's true, this world isn't our home. The world cannot be our source of hope. And that's incredible news because our world, our leaders and our, our politics make terrible saviours. But there is good news. We have access to a living hope. 1 Peter reminds us that we can have an eternal perspective, trusting in the confident hope we have through Jesus. Hope isn't a feeling. It's a person. And we find hope by reminding ourselves of the truth of God's word and putting our full faith and trust in him. If we just look at what Paul wrote in Romans 15, verse 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow and with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you trust in him, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God is our source, not political outcomes or good circumstances. So how do we receive that hope? How do we receive that joy? How do we receive the peace? By trusting our God. It's not always easy to trust God, particularly in the middle of trials. But when we do, we can experience his presence. 
We can experience his peace. We can experience his joy and his hope. If we just look at David in Psalm 42, <coughs> you have to turn to it because I forgot to give it to the guys on the screen. He writes about feeling uh, like God has forgotten him in the middle of the storm. Have you ever felt like that? You're in the middle of the storm and you think, has, has God forgotten me? I've been like that many times. And it's comforting to know, isn't it, that there's King David who says in the Bible that he's a man after God's heart and yet he struggled with doubts, he struggled with anxieties. And then he says these few things. If you've got the Bible, um, well, let's go from uh, verse 8 in Psalm 42. But each day, <coughs> I'm reading from the New Living Translation, each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me, and through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O oh God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him, my saviour and my God. He didn't feel hope. He chose hope by deciding to praise God for who he is. So let's follow his example. Let's stop fixating on the storms around us and start fixing our eyes on Jesus. You know, I think we've got to be realistic and look at the world and say, well, look what's happened in this last three years. So many catastrophic things are happening. And it doesn't bow well for the future, humanly speaking. But we have a God of hope. And so my encouragement to you today is to hang on to God. He is the unshakable hope. So our, our world may feel a bit chaotic, but we don't belong to this world. We are citizens of heaven, meaning we always have a choice to rejoice. We always have a choice to rejoice and a confident hope in our future home. Now, you know that the Holy Spirit is God living inside of us, speaking into your thoughts and leading you closer to him. He's always encouraging you to do not only the right thing, but also the God thing. He's there to help you make choices and take actions that will change the world. Imagine if this entire generation began to listen closely to the Holy Spirit's voice and then did what he said. <laughs> what would our schools look like? How would our family life be? Certainly different. Remember that part, that the part of the Holy Spirit's mission is to show us God's plan not only for us, but also for the world. That means our siblings and our friends and our neighbours and even those that you don't get on with. They all need to listen so that they can encounter God through you. Now, if you're going to change the world, the first thing you have to do is let the Holy Spirit change you. And that change happens... A little every day as we choose to do what he shows us. 
So it's how close you're walking to God. Letting him gently, by his spirit, deal with those areas in your life. So how do you start this? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? And I promise it's not too difficult. Just two questions, I say. Okay, Holy Spirit, is there anything I'm trying to do without you? Now just think about that for a minute. Let it sink in. Is there anything I'm trying to do without you? Is there anything you're trying to do without listening to the Holy Spirit? Would he change anything if you asked for his advice? Is there anything you would feel guilty letting God see? These are challenging questions to myself, not just for us um, here this morning, but for me individually, I, have, I, I recognize that I want to hear the Holy Spirit's voice continually. And often I can go through a day, maybe even a couple of days, and you think, have I been listening to you? But we're not just talking about feelings and feeling guilty. Is there anything that you could be more effective at with God's help? Are there injustices around you that could make things right? Well, that leads me to the second question, which is, okay, Holy Spirit, is there anything you're doing without me? <laughs> Do you feel the weight of that? It's, you know, is there anything you're doing, Holy Spirit, without me? You know, you want to get on board, don't you? Just like the radio waves that come into our cars, God is always working. He's broadcasting his plans all over the earth. If you tune into him, you'll see the world through his eyes. <coughs> Who needs encouraging? Where can you help? What can you change? If you start every day with these two simple questions, you can change the course of your entire life. God created you on purpose and he built you to hear his voice. So where is that small, quiet voice leading you? Well, the Holy Spirit is blazing the trail ahead of you, daring you to follow him into the unique and challenging life that God's planned for just for you. Because you see, he's our unshakable hope. And as we approach going into 2023, we need to have something that's solid. We need to come back to the basics and begin again and again to understand Jesus is our unshakable hope. Is he for that for you today? Or are you looking at this next year thinking, I won't be able to afford that, I don't know how we're going to do this, I don't know what's going to happen there. We don't live by the earthly standards. We live by God's standards, his grace and his favour. Liz and I, over the years, have experienced many times where we've not known where our finance would come from. And I'm sure, I'm sure some of you have gone through the same thing. <laughs> you cry out to the Lord and you just, there's nothing you can do but trust him. No matter what the difficulty is, you just go, well, I haven't got a choice. I've made a decision to follow Jesus, so it's, it's up to him. And remarkably, 
again and again, he's provided. He can provide all your need according to his riches in glory. That's what the Bible says. His riches in glory are infinite. All right? So he can pour anything into your life. All right? It's wonderful. Okay, let, let me pray. Would you? Lord, we've been feeling so overwhelmed by all the uncertainty, division and chaos around us. Remind us of the confident hope we have in you. Show us how to bring that hope to others and help us place all our trust in you. And when we begin to feel hopeless, help us to choose hope by remembering who you are. And we, Lord Jesus, trust in you. We trust in you. Amen. That was um, my opening message for today, if you like. Short but sweet. And I really want you to hang, get a hang on it, that it's an unshakable hope that you have. And so whatever the difficulties you're facing this year, you've got that to hang on to. All right. Now we are about to start the Daniel fast. And you're all thrilled about this. I can tell. So some of you have eaten too much over Christmas and you're looking at it from a different reason. You're thinking, this is a diet. No. <laughs> you might lose some weight. That is part of the side effects of it. But you know, I want to encourage us today to take some steps forward. So um, <clears throat> uh, can you just hand a piece of paper out to everybody and a pen if they need it? Yeah, Carl, go and ask some pens out for people. Andrea. Can you um, just, yeah, could you hand some pens around as well? Yeah, what's there? Yeah, thank you. Okay, now, while they're handing out a piece of paper to you, um, I want to encourage you and challenge you at the same time. Over, we've been fasting now for, I, I guess it's around about 13 years. Uh, at the beginning of each year. It seems like only yesterday to me, but I was digging around, and it, it, it's probably more, <coughs> because we, we started it in the grammar school, and that's 12 years ago now, so it's got to be at least 14, maybe 15, actually. And you could be thinking, well, what's the point? Shall I tell you what things could have happened if we weren't doing it? Could have been disastrous. But by the grace of God we've seen some amazing things. So what are we praying and fasting for? Well, on the door of the office, just in the corridor there, you will see a little bit of a, um, a description. Thanks, guys, for that. And it says, To see God's church, Chase Family Church, grow with more peop new people, both those who do not know Christ and need to be drawn close and get saved either through a personal intervention or for Alpha or something like that, plus those who are already, know, already know him as their personal friend and saviour, that feel drawn to the church to serve in Chase Family Church. Secondly, we have issues with the premises. We love it here. God's brought us here, and clearly it's a great place to be. But we, when everyone's in here, it can be a little bit too full. Uh, the guys meet in what we call the Delta Room. There's about 15 of them, the teenagers. There's not enough room. They're, they're really like this. 
you go into the conservatory and there's uh, another group of children in there and they're all packed in like sardines, <laughs> let alone the creche, and then they're converting it all around so we can have some coffee and tea afterwards. It's a little bit of a stretch, all right? It's not out of uh, order yet, but it's working its way that way. And we need to be asking God, what does he want of us? So when we fast and pray, we're going to see breakthrough. I don't believe it. My Bible's not here. I'm, you're going to have to wait. I can't do without my Bible. That's it. Mind you, I can still talk to you as I go through the door, which is very interesting. And I, I hope you can hear me now. There we go. There we go. I'm coming back. Don't worry. I'm still here. As I went into the office, you could probably hear me in the latency of the YouTube channel. But there we go. Right. Turn with me to Isaiah 58. Ah, uh, were you, Sue? All right, there you are. You're talking about it. Good. Right. Here we go. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo this heavy bur- the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you broke- break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, that you bring your house to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked and that you cover him and not hide yourself from, the, from your naked, your own flesh, sorry. Then, when you've done the fasting as it were, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. Oh, well done, guys, for getting it on the screen. Thank you. That's good. Quite often I've I've spoken over this for for a number of years. And if you want some more teaching on it, if you go back to last year's YouTube, there's about 10 minutes at the end on some teaching. I'll try and get Kev to get something off the last database. There's a podcast on teaching, so make it available on the website. But... um, The thing is, I often start quite gently with fasting and we get to this point, but I want to say to you today, I say these things, I want a breakthrough, all right? I'd like to see us have a breakthrough. In our prayer meeting this morning, I just went a bit silent for a while because I got this picture of like a tension, it's like a tug of war. And I said, what on earth is this about? And then I saw, um, it's like a a huge pot. And every now and then, the the pot would slightly go up. And it's like the presence of God, the aroma, would come. And and I I felt like the Lord was saying, there are times in this last six months or so here that we've experienced the presence of God beginning to change something. But the enemy wants to keep that pot shut. And part of our breakthrough is that we've got to be praying about this i think there are many churches that are happy to um, stay where they are and for whatever reason but it costs to see god break through you know i ken and barb have been through the wars in being i remember being in other churches and as many as you know i used to call this church a cult because it was charismatic 
right, and believed in the gifts and the, of the Holy Spirit. And they, they fought the battles that we don't have to feet, fall, uh, fight now. And there are other charismatic churches in the area and where there's a real sense of unity of God. But the devil does not like this. And I sense when we sometimes are praying in tongues, there is a breakthrough in the Spirit. Because we're praying in the Spirit. I'm so grateful to um, Deb and Natasha who come here regularly and spend an hour or two just praying in the Spirit. And others of you who I know meet together to pray. Let's be known for the church that prays, that intercedes. Fasting. It's interesting, in Matthew 6, it says that uh, there's three duties of a Christian. It's giving, praying, and fasting. And the Lord talks to us about what we do in secret, and then he will reward openly. It's very difficult to say that about fasting when we've, made a, we've called a fast for the whole church, so everybody already knows about it, and I'm talking about it online. So it can't be very secret. But nevertheless, the discipline is for us to not walk around going, oh, woe is me, because I'm fasting. That is not what it says there. It's painful going without food, isn't it? Now, let me tell you, we are not doing an absolute fast. I, I, you've got to know that God's called you to do that, and you need a medical before you do that, really. And the same would go almost for a normal fast, which is just liquids. But we are doing the Daniel fast, which is a partial fast. And what that means is no choice meats or um, sweets, wine. That's sort of the luxuries of life. And the Bible talks about vegetables. Well, to keep it simple, for, for Liz and I, uh, what we do is we have some vegetable soup at the end of the day. My advice is take your time. <laughs> because if you eat it slowly, it seems to grow and feel so much bigger. All right? um, but I tell you, you know, the first three days are particularly difficult. And once you get through that, it becomes easier. Now, for some of you who are, have medical conditions, um, you know, you may not be able to do that. That's fine. But there are other ways to fast. Maybe you need to challenge yourself. What about the old phone? What about that? Saying, I'm not going to do that, you know. I'm not going to get on it for 21 days. <laughs> a lot of you do business through it, and I recognize that's important. But, you know, you will find a way. Let me say this that I say every year. If it means nothing to you, it means nothing to God. It's going to cost you. And that's a hard thing to say. It's got to mean something to you. You've got to go without. I'm breaking through this. Jesus went into the desert for 40 days to be tempted. And as I said recently, unfortunately it's recorded that there's only three of the temptations, but it says he was tempted for 40 days. It doesn't say he was tempted for three specific things. Can you imagine that? This is the Son of God. Satan knew that if he, if he didn't, if he managed to get Jesus to focus on food, he'd lose. You know, the reason Jesus could deliver that boy when he came down the mountain, uh, and there's this in uh, Matthew... 17 and Mark 9, I think it is. Um, comes down the mountain and there's that uh, mute boy, do you remember? And his father couldn't, was asking the disciples to pray for him. And the boy, nothing happened. And Jesus um, prayed for him and he was healed. 
Then the disciples wisely say, so, well, hang on, we prayed. Why didn't that happen? And it says, Jesus says, it's because this kind will only go out with fasting and praying. You know, Ken and I talked about this some time ago, about the fact that quite often in deliverance, there needs to be a, a, a season of praying and fasting, waiting on God in preparation for somebody to be set free, you know. And uh, it's a prime example there of Jesus. But what I love about Jesus going into the desert, it says he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you can get a bit excited about that. You dare you to. You know, he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. I've, I've got a couple of books here that I often say to go, and there's this one by Mahash Chapter, The Hidden Power of Prayer and Fasting. He does quite a lot of 40-day fasts, all right? And there's one example, he came out and done a 40-day fast, walked into a room, and a girl was delivered. He didn't pray for her, didn't know anything, just the aroma of Jesus, as it says in Corinthians, was upon him, and he got, this girl got delivered. Another guy, Jensen Franklin, um, fasting, good book. Um, uh, his church is, it started with like 60 people, I think this is in the States, and they've got 10,000 or so now. Um, but... They started by doing a 21-day fast at the beginning of each year, all right? And it's prompted us to do these things and to reach out to God. So, what I'd like... How are we doing for time? I've lost the track at all. Are there any questions? That's a good idea. <laughs> Give you a chance to say something and me to get it wrong in the answer, but it uh, won't be the case. You see, fasting, I believe, is us making a statement before God. We want to see your blessing and your favour upon our church. We want to know your presence. Don't you want to come to church? I don't know about you, but I don't get up, to ch get up in the morning and think, oh, it's church. I get up and think, I wonder what God's going to do. And I'm coming to give him some worship knowing that anything could happen. Uh, Gary's not here today, but you know, a few weeks ago when I spoke, um, in the, my prayer time that morning, I said, Lord, please just manifest yourself on one person, just one person, I don't mind, just one, so that I know that I, we, you know, I can still feel your presence. Because let me get it right, for some of you, you've been there, you've got the video, you've seen the T-shirt, you've seen God move before, but you go, why won't he move today? All right? But it costs to do that. And I sought God and prayed and prayed. And in the middle of the service, while the rest of you were praying, the Holy Spirit hit him. It's his first time in our church. He had to get out and leave because he was draining from everywhere. <laughs> All right? um, and I, he told me this afterwards. And he said, I prayed that God would manifest himself by the Holy Spirit. And he's only just come back to the Lord recently after 15 years. All right? And I was, I, was, I was in tears because I was so thrilled that God said, was saying to me, yes, I can, I can still do it. But how desperate is Martin? Are you for that? What are you prepared to pay the price? It costs. Our prayers matter. Our prayers matter. And it says, it doesn't say if you fast. It doesn't say that. It says when you fast and pray. And so it needs to be something that's regular. Maybe challenge the prayer warriors within us. I, Liz and I used to take a day a week and do a, 
fasting we need to get back to that. but maybe as a church we need to think about this as we move forward maybe we need to have a day that's set aside to, to fast and pray fasting never does nothing it always does something and that's the amazing part about it so on your piece of paper what i would like you to um, write firstly is to pray for the church that we would have a breakthrough regarding the premises and what's ahead of us for that. That's very practical. But spiritually, that we would continue to see people giving their lives to Jesus. This is a piece of paper I want you to take home. The second bit of the list actually talks about, that's on the office door outside, that we want you to pray about personal issues that you want to see your life, where you want to see your life change. And perhaps of the lives of those around you. Maybe there is someone at work that you have an issue with. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to break through here. Use this opportunity, use this time to see God work in something real. Maybe you're someone that's looking for guidance in your life at this time. It could be a, a, someone to marry. It could be a job you're seeking for, a move of house. One of your children. It you, could be health matters. You know what's going on. Just for a moment, write these things down. Someone here is um, struggling with a, a financial issue um, and it's becoming a real burden. Um, now I, I, I know that we could all say we've got financial issues in a sense, but I feel like there's someone here who's almost at breaking point. And I want to say to you, You know that God knows and he wants to help you through the body of Christ, through his church. Be prepared to talk to the church because God wants to help you. One of the things that I've learned this year particularly is in dealing with the food boxes. You remember last year I said about how the, I felt the Lord was dismantling things. And as uh, Ken wisely said about you know, dismantling means you can take it down and put it up somewhere else. And, and to some degree, with some of the things we've done with the food boxes, with Leslie and Pete Cody and others, we've seen that happen. And, but we're getting closer to the people that we're praying for. We've been at a distance, but you know, Liz and I were able to go around and see some of them just prior to Christmas. And Some of them uh, don't have a lot. They just don't have a lot. Um, so please pray for them. Um, you know, we have so much. All right? And God wants to use us. Um, but in each of these areas, I can look through, you know, our door-to-door -door worker. 
that's been restructured. It was just staff doing it, and there's a team building up on that. And they're little signs of what God's doing in, in restoring the church in a new way. So be encouraged about that. I'm going to leave it there. No one asked any questions, which is good. Um, oh, Anna. Okay, Anna's asked a question. It starts on Tuesday, all right, and we go through to the 23rd, Monday the 23rd. And every evening we will have uh, a time of prayer and worship here. We'll be mainly focused in the back hall, I think, throughout. Next Sunday, Elim has a day of prayer, and we will probably be joining that slightly different from seven, uh, yeah, seven through till nine. Uh, we could either do it here or we can do it at home in your own place because you can join them on YouTube. But it is um, it's something else to focus on, gives us another opportunity. But, you know, it, we've left plenty of space, although it looks on the board as if there are topics that are going on. They're just things that we can pray about. You may have things that are more important and you feel, do you know, I need somebody to pray with this. Come along, join in, all right, and, and uh, be part of prayer and seeing God move. Are you encouraged this morning? Right. The Bible says with, through Christ all things are possible. All things. But sometimes it takes a little effort on our part and that's what this fast and pray will do. Pete and Rose, do you want to lead us in some worship? I think... Mm.